Well, you know, the, the podcast is called the Environmental Transformation Podcast. And I, I kind of think that, you know, we're one of the industry specific podcasts that uh, are shining a light on leaders like you, Sue. So give us a little bit of, you know, an idea. What are you doing to transform the industry in, with your approach of sustainability and marketing for Cascade? Well, I think just having the Compass uh, Sustainability Program says it all. We're one of the very few contractors in our space that have a comprehensive sustainability program. Um, so it talked a lot about how we focus on, on running our own business, but more importantly, we want to help leverage our services and our technologies to help clients achieve their goals. Welcome to the Environmental Transformation Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders who are making an impact in their businesses. Each leader is solving complex challenges and providing solutions within their respective areas of expertise. Our host is Sean Grady. He is passionate about helping clients transform their businesses and solving their environmental challenges. And here's our host, Sean Grady. Today's guest is Sue Bruni. Sue is the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Cascade Environmental and serves as the Chair of Cascade's Sustainability Council. Sue earned a bachelor's degree in environmental health and a master's in business administration. She is also certified in the Global Reporting Initiative's GRI Sustainability Reporting Process and has been in the environmental services industry for more than 20 years. As the chair of Cascade Sustainability Council, she is part of a shared governance team responsible for implementing the Compass Corporate Sustainability Program. The council is tasked with setting goals, monitoring performance, and reporting annually about the company's efforts regarding environmental stewardship, social responsibility, and economic impact. Sue is leading the way for diversity and inclusion based on her amazing talent and expertise in the environmental and sustainability field. I'm looking forward to today's show. Can't wait to get it started. Well, today's guest is Sue Bruning. She is the Sustainability Council Chair and the VP of Marketing and Communication. And Sue, welcome to the podcast here. And I wanted to uh, welcome you and looking forward to the conversation today. Thanks, Sean. I'm so excited to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Great. Thank you. I'm glad you're on. Um, so, hey, you know, I gave the listeners a little bit of a bio on you earlier uh, as an introduction. And so maybe what would help us is just give us a little bit of a background, share your journey and how you got to be where you are today at uh, Cascade. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been an incredible journey, I will say. Um, I started my career in the environmental field, um, really in household hazardous waste back in the late 90s. You're right. And, uh, you know, I remember my first job interview, I was so nervous. You're fresh out of college. You don't have a lot of real world experience to rely on. And the last question I was asked was, you know, describe your ideal job. So I took a deep breath and I thought about it. And I said, you know, my ideal job, I'd wear a hard hat and a lab coat. You know, I wanted that hard hat aspect. You know, you're out there in the field working with your hands. I had a great passion for nature. I wanted to be doing something good for the environment. Right. Um, 
And then, you know, you've got the lab coat aspect where I wanted to be able to apply some of, of the academic stuff that I'd learned and, you know, like practice science. Like, you know, I've been sure. learning about it for right. four years. Let's go do right. it. Right. Um, so it must have been the right answer because I did get that job and uh, worked my way up from field chemist, you know, packing hazardous waste and drums to oh, eventually I was national program manager. Wow. Now, um, who was this company with back then? Yeah, that was with, with that was with PSC, uh, okay, Phillips Services right, Corporation, right, right. and you know through that experience, uh, I was pretty naive at the time, and uh, just gained an incredible respect for all the potential dangers that are in nearly every American home, and the need for education and proper management around hazardous waste, whether it's in an industrial you know type company or in your garage. Um, things like paint and garden chemicals, automotive products, cleaners, electronics, batteries. Yeah, um, right. So I worked closely with local and state governments who are really struggling with the cost of responsible management, of collecting mm -hmm. it from the public and disposing of it properly. And that's when it was around the early 2000s, I really witnessed this paradigm shift in which governments began to push back it onto producers and push that burden of end of life management. Um, and so we saw it start with paint and batteries and electronics. Mm -hmm. um, those are some of the first items to be addressed. And, and as I'm watching this happen and being part of it, I'm learning things about green chemistry and design for the environment and social justice issues around environmental stuff. So mm -hmm. that was really a tipping point for me, um, both personally and professionally. That's what sparked my interest and dedication to sustainability. Really the, this concept of environmental stewardship and social responsibility and economic impact, whether you're a business or a government or your own household. Um, so that, that was really super exciting because again, you know, I'm starting to apply some of these things I learned in college uh, to my job and to my life. And um, things were changing for me. I had a couple job shifts and started a family. And uh, in 2008, my husband and I decided to pick up and move from our home in Southern California back to our roots in Northwest Ohio um, okay. to be around our families and to raise our kids. So I quit my job, we sold the house and, and hit the road headed east. And uh, about halfway there, I got a phone call from a, a former colleague who you know, invited me back to the world of household hazardous waste. And I explained to him that, you know, the industry is really changing and the future is in sustainability. So he invited me to come and meet with the CEO once I got settled in. And really, I credit the start of my professional sustainability career to that CEO, uh, Chris Dodds. So, Chris, if you're listening, thank you. Thanks, um, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Chris is really a visionary when it comes to um, both leadership and innovation. And uh, he is such an inspiration and such a support. He listened to me talk about sustainability and how it would help his business and his clients. And uh, in the end, I was hired as PSC's first director of sustainability. Nice. Um, so that was super exciting. I, I always described that as, as my ideal job. It was my dream job. And 
you know, as the years went on, there was consolidation in the industry. Um, I made the jump to Cascade, where uh, tomorrow I'll celebrate my six-year anniversary with the company. Oh, congrats, congrats. So you landed at Cascade, and when you started at Cascade, did you start right away as uh, in, in a sustainability role, or was it something else? I did. Well, I um, was introduced to Cascade in more of a, uh, a consulting role. Um, the company was, was interested in sustainability because their clients started asking about it. You know, what sure. can you do for us? Um, what kind of programs do you have? Do you have a policy? Um, so I started out kind of consulting with them and then was brought on board full-time as uh, director of sustainability here at Cascade uh, to launch that uh, the program. Uh, today we call it Compass, our corporate sustainability program, and uh, it's been around since 2014. Oh, that's good. Good. Well, so so most of the listeners that are, you know, tune in here probably know Cascade Environmental for being one of the premier drilling firms in the country, you know. So talk a little bit about what type of drilling services do you guys uh, offer and, and, and other environmental services you guys are, you know, performing. Yeah, well, um, as we like to say, uh, Cascade offers environmental and geotechnical solutions from concept to completion. Mm -hmm. So what that means is we can come in any, at any stage of the project life cycle, whether it's um, drilling, site characterization, or remediation. Um, for our drilling side of the business, we offer um, environmental drilling for sampling and monitoring. Um, mm -hmm. All kinds of well services, uh, development, rehab, installation, abandonment. Uh, we have geotechnical drilling uh, for subsurface and guest investigation or uh, placing instrumentation and heavy infrastructure support. So some of the coolest projects we're on, um, dams and levees, bridges and tunnels, you know, big scale stuff. Sure. Doing geotech. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. That's uh, we great. have... Yeah. Uh, also, then we've got site characterization and remediation. So for any layman's that we might have uh, listening here that, that aren't familiar with all the, the technology terms, um, the way I explain it is that we have really smart people and cool technology that can go underground and identify, map, and clean up contamination in soil and groundwater without ever having to dig it up. Uh, we take on routine projects like gas stations and dry cleaners to really complex sites like the legacy Superfund sites. Sure, sure. No, I'm very familiar with the Cascade over the years. I've uh, spent a lot of time in the field with you and your drillers, uh, you know, doing a lot of investigation and, and, and work like that, monitoring well installations and and uh, basically the, the site characterization aspect of the projects that I've been involved with. And you guys are a top-notch firm, especially in that Sonic. You guys are one of the premier Sonic, uh, you know, firms out there too, if, uh, as I understand it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, you guys are really good in that space. And so how many locations does Cascade have? Well, we have uh, 37 physical locations across the U.S., just under 1,000 employees. But our crews are out on job locations just about anywhere yeah, in the everywhere. U.S. You know, sometimes they're out there for just a day and sometimes they're out there for a few months uh, working on a particular project and they'll rotate crews in and out. Um, so, it, yeah, it runs the gamut. Sure, sure. So I saw that uh, Cascade uh, for the seventh year in a row has been included in the uh, engineering news record in the top 200 uh, environmental firms list. Uh, I think you guys were, what, 
maybe what was it the 47th or something like that or 57 i can't remember the number but you guys are you know really doing well there what's the leadership think about that yeah definitely a huge success for our leadership team to be recognized among some of the giants in our industry and you know many of them are our clients sure. uh, we premiered on the list back in 2014. We are in the lower half. Uh, we debuted at number 126, and this year we ranked number 59. Oh, that's um, fantastic. So it, it is. And, you know, I think it, it speaks to our growth, not only in relation to geographic reach and number of employees, but also, you know, the sophistication and range of services that we offer today and the way that we run our business. So we are super excited to be recognized by our peers. Well, you talk about your growth too. I mean, I think you guys have been a little bit on a growth spurt over the past five <laughs> years, right? How many different firms have you guys uh, looked in, you know, has, have acquired to, you know, add to the, the, the list of capabilities? Yeah, we, we had a real run um, around 2015 to 2017. I think it was something like 15 acquisitions over that period of time. Um, so really, it, it was a, a, a really exciting time here at Cascade. So we grew from this regional drilling company. Uh, first, it was uh, focused on growing our sonic capabilities for mm -hmm. sonic drilling, mm -hmm. and then it was expanding into um, really the, this natural extension into the site characterization and remediation side of the business. Sure. Um, and we launched a whole new brand. So we uh, transformed from Cascade Drilling to Cascade Environmental. We launched that in 2016. Um, so super exciting times. Oh, right, right. Well, that's great. Yeah, I, I've seen and watched the uh, the growth of the firm uh, over the years. Uh, been involved with a little bit of support here and there. Um, you know, interesting enough, though, Sue, I've been kind of looking on the I guess I've been stalking the uh, stalking <laughs> yeah. you a bit on, on, on LinkedIn and stuff, just in preparation of our, our podcast here. But I noticed that you were recently named to, to the American Advertising Federation in Toledo's uh, chapter board of governors. And that's quite an honor. What, what did you think about that? Yeah. that oh, an honor indeed. So, um, Throughout my career, I found tremendous value in getting involved in professional or trade, you know, industry organizations. Mm -hmm. Earlier in my career, I served on the board for the North American Hazardous Materials Management Association, okay. affectionately referred to as NAMA. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I mentioned earlier when I was talking about how my career kind of uh, snowballed. I credit my interest in sustainability to the time that I spent with that board and, you know, developed lifelong friendships with people who have similar interests and passions. And I think that's what you find when, when you get involved in these types of organizations. <clears throat> so the way it happened with AAF, I have a, a good friend who invited me to join the organization two years ago. And I jumped on it because I was really looking to build my professional network at the local level of right. fellow marketing professionals. It, it can be difficult. You know, folks now can relate when they're working at home because of COVID, but I've been a, a remote work employee most of my career and traveling the country to visit locations and job sites. And when you do that, it can be difficult to connect with that local network. Sure. Um, so I jumped at the chance at, and I was asked to bring this new perspective on content marketing, uh, which is my specialty. And that's what we focus on here um, at Cascade for our marketing strategy. So okay, it, it yeah. was awesome. 
And I, I do strongly encourage your listeners, no matter where they are in their career, to invest some time and energy in an organization like that. There's just so many benefits personally and professionally. Sure. Well, absolutely. I think you know, there's a lot of benefits like you mentioned, and then just the networking of the people and the ideas you get out of it as well, right? I mean, yeah. I'm sure you've taken away some great ideas for, for your own business uh, just because of the interactions you've had there. Absolutely. And, you know, with AAF, uh, there are a lot of design folks and creative folks. So sometimes, you know, with content marketing, you get stuck on, you know, copy and writing technical information and providing resources. And it's very refreshing to sit in a group of creatives. And it's, it's just fascinating to learn from them and to work off of their energy and to brainstorm. Sure, absolutely. Well, so as the company's Sustainability Council Chair for Cascade, can you talk a little bit about how the council was formed and a little bit about this Compass Sustainability Program you, you're kind of running? You know, I mentioned I, I joined Cascade in 2014. I was hired on as a Director of Sustainability um, because the company realized, you know, there, there's some benefit in pursuing this. Our clients are asking for it. They realized uh, it would definitely help with the way they run things in terms of efficiency and impacts. So um, I came on as in a consulting capacity and then as a full-time position. In the first year, I worked with the leadership team, just assessing the business operations getting to know the clients, understanding the service lines. Um, from there, we pulled together, uh, at the time we were the Sustainability Leadership Council with mm -hmm. representatives from all of the service lines in different departments. And we sat down and drafted a three-year sustainability plan, which you know essentially is like any other strategic plan you learn about in business school. Sure. And, uh, uh, Compass, our corporate sustainability program, was officially launched, and uh, we published our very first annual sustainability report in early 2015, and from there, it's just snowballed. Um, I moved into a full-time marketing role a couple years after that, and it just made, it made sense um, to evolve it into more of a, a full shared governance model. So what that means is no one person is really in charge. And that's what sustainability is about, right? Sustainability is not a department. It's an approach right. of how you run your business. You need, you um, need people to be invested in, into participating in it, right? Absolutely, yes. Right. And to realize the benefits of you know, what they're doing on a day-to-day -day level and how it affects the organization as a whole. Oh, that's, that's great. So you've so, got all these participants that join in on it and you guys just, you know, kind of oversee the, the, the sustainability program as a whole. Exactly. And, you know, when we started the program, when we started Compass, we decided, we investigated different sustainability frameworks mm -hmm. and we settled on the Global Reporting Initiative or GRI. Um, they have an internationally recognized framework for sustainability reporting. And we decided, sure. you know, that framework provided the flexibility that we needed um, so that we can look at, you know, say they've got a list of 35 different sustainability related issues. And under their framework, you look at each one of those issues and decide, does it pertain to our business? Is it something our stakeholders are interested in? And if it is, you pursue it. And if it's not, that's okay. You don't have to report on everything. Um, so Good. that really fit in what we were trying to achieve and how to get our program started. 
Sure. Cause you're not going to be, you know, able to achieve all those types of uh, categories because maybe you don't even do those categories. Right. So you need some flexibility there. Yeah, exactly. So uh, where you, where we started with that um, is, you know, the first step is stakeholder engagement. And what that means is asking the groups of people that are really tied to your business. So for us, that's employees and clients and vendors. And asking them, you know, what issues matter to you most? What issues matter in your business? And what do you expect of Cascade? Uh, we take that feedback and then we conduct our own internal assessment um, based on that GRI framework. What, which of these issues pertain to our business um, as it relates to environmental stewardship, social responsibility, and economic impact? And once you have those two lists, the next step is materiality assessment. That's the process of aligning your goals and your targets and choosing your metrics, aligning that um, with the interest of your stakeholders. And then, you know, the last piece of the puzzle is making it happen and really <laughs> communicating your progress, which, you know, sometimes that's the most challenging part is communicating in a transparent way. And celebrating your successes and sharing uh, your shortcomings. And that can be difficult at times, but it's absolutely essential if you want to, you know, if you're pursuing continuous improvement and you want to adapt to the changing needs, you just have to be transparent. Well, right. And then some of that uh, aspect of the sustainability program is tracking the achievements or tracking the progress, right? So yeah. was there challenges in tracking the, any of the progress of the areas? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, the, the first challenge is just deciding, you know, what the heck do you want to track? And then it takes some time to evolve from paper files to Excel spreadsheets to, you know, a more systematic centralized database of collection. So we make sure. progress every year. Um, but we still have a ways to go, but that's all right. Well, you know, you've done a really good job. I read the, the uh, 2019 sustainability report and, and uh, a lot of really great information in there. It's available on your website too. So I'd encourage listeners to go check out that report if they got some time and some interest there. But uh, maybe you can talk with us uh, and the listeners about what are some of the company's achievements this past year? Yeah. Can you hear me smiling? This is my favorite part. <laughs> I can see you smiling and I can hear your voice. <laughs> so one of the things that we focus on is our fleet. Uh, at Cascade, we have over 2000 fleet assets. So wow. um, for us, you know, fuel consumption uh, is sure. a big concern. Um, the, the environmental impacts of our transportation is a concern. And then making sure that equipment is well-maintained and reliable so we can provide quality service to our clients. No downtime. Um, yeah, exactly. So uh, one of our achievements we um, talk about in the sustainability report is a 7% absolute reduction in our fuel consumption. Um, and that's over a three-year period while we increased our fleet 4%. Um, and that's important because when I say absolute reduction, that means top line reduction in gallons used, regardless of the increase in productivity and regardless of increasing the number of uh, rolling stock we have in our fleet. Well, so, so how does that happen? So does that happen with maybe purchasing more fuel efficient vehicles or does it happen by, you know, maybe not idling trucks as much or reducing speeds. How, what's the strategy there? How do you guys do that? 
Yeah, a, a little bit of everything. Uh, we do have a no idle policy, um, which our, our crew members are well aware of and, and adhere to, so that helps. And mm -hmm. uh, we're always, uh, always investing in our fleet. So bringing in uh, newer models, so you're getting rid of those gas guzzling machines and, and the ones <laughs> that have less efficient emission yeah, controls, right. you know. Right. Um, so, you know, bringing in new fleet is definitely a part of it. And then the other um, piece is an extensive preventative maintenance program. Um, so okay. we've got about 15 different uh, maintenance and repair shops across the organization where we do a lot of that internally. Um, you know, taking care of maintenance, whether it's um, a, a daily inspection on the vehicle before it goes out, you know, making sure the oil is changed on time, um, just, you know, regular maintenance that you would think of with your automobile. So um, we've got in-house mechanics that keep our, our fleet uh, up and running in top condition. Sure, sure. Well, with all the growth uh, Cascade's gone through in the past five years, what's the challenge? What challenges have been there bringing everyone in alignment with the company's sustainability goals? I mean, there's a lot of people to corral in this uh, common <laughs> goal, right? There are. And sometimes it feels like herding cats and, you know, other times <laughs> not so much. But, you know, our growth through acquisition, uh, we talked about that. And, and with that, it's always challenging to integrate company cultures and systems. So mm -hmm. making sure we're getting consistent data, um, making sure folks are working together and we're all speaking the same language. Um, and it's uh, along with that too, it, it's hard to communicate to a market that's known you as a, a regional drilling company. And now you're saying, hey, look, we've got this whole new suite of services. We've got this whole, you know, staff of, of professionals, um, you know, come talk to us about your projects. They're just not used to us having that conversation. So the way we approached it, um, we have a broad representation on our sustainability council. All of our service lines are representative. Uh, all of our business functions are represented. And I think that really brings different perspectives and different insights to help us as a council focus on what's best for the long-term success. Sure. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, that's a great way to get them invested. And, and we talked, we did touch on that a little bit ago, but that, I can see how that's really kind of helped you knit everybody together into the, the common goal here. That looks great. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, well, COVID-19 pandemic has really affected everybody in the world. <laughs> How has it affected Cascade's operation and its ability to perform work, you know, in a manner that keeps people's, you know, employees safe and, and uh, while they're working for your clients? I, how, how's that been affecting you guys? Well, you know, as, when it comes to sustainability, it, that's the brilliance of resilience, so with our Ooh, compass I like program, Ooh, I, like, I, like <laughs> I should that. trademark that. <laughs> the brilliance of resilience. I like that. You Thanks. should Let's coin that one. That's a good one. Absolutely. It, so, you know, we talk about uh, resilience is a word associated with sustainability a lot. Um, our um, compass program really had us dialed in to the processes and the programs and the reporting that kept our business steady uh, during those uncertain times, especially you know, back in March when we we're first learning about COVID and it's starting to close offices and shut down project sites. So uh, break it down for our listeners a little bit. 
so under Compass, we've got a very comprehensive health and safety program. It's called CORE. And we've yeah. got a team of environmental health and safety professionals uh, that not only implement and oversee the program, but work closely with every single employee. So our core program already covered sanitation procedures and site specific health and safety plans, sure. hazard assessment tools out there. So our employees are already trained and have the tools to recognize hazards on the job site. We're just tweaking those things to add COVID specific uh, considerations, you, you know, yeah. and you know, with the expense, extensive training, uh, it didn't take much time for us to develop the documentation and the training and every employee went through a COVID training and took a test um, and it didn't take long to, to implement that at all. Oh, um, that's great. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then along with our, our safety team, we've got a compliance team. They were able to quickly determine which of our services and employees qualified for that essential worker status. So mm -hmm. we could get them the documentation and training they needed. Uh, we have a human resource team that evaluated and adjusted our compensation and benefits program to help employees who were dealing with COVID at home or, you know, who had now the situation where they had to homeschool their children. Oh, um, yeah. That's affected everybody. Uh, yeah. And, you know, just <laughs> stress management was a, another huge piece of it. So our HR team was really cognizant about providing wellness resources and, and helping employees just you know navigate the times the last piece was the communications platform right so okay, we had yeah. yeah had the system already set up so we can distribute critical information not only to our employees but also you know externally to our clients who are really concerned about are you going to be able to perform work are you going to be able to perform it safely you know what concerns do we have out there on site um, we have a, a centralized database for all those resources, so everything was super easy to, to access. So I would say, I think it's fair to say that our business was affected by COVID. We, we did see a slowdown in scheduled work, but there was never a business disruption. And I really credit our sustainability program to that. Oh, good. Well, I mean, you know, you helping out with all that and the communications and, and all the other aspects that you have in place. I mean, you can see how you easily were able to, you know, manage that, uh, that, that uh, pandemic situation. Yeah. You know, I wanted to touch on and go back and touch on a comment you made earlier about being a, a just, you know, kind of the regional drilling firm. And now that you, you, with all the acquisitions and the professionalism that's come into the company, I mean, you guys have really elevated your game in a sense that you're recognized again as like kind of like one of those premier companies you've got sustainability program in place. You've got, you know, you're on the fort, you know, you're on the ER, uh, geez, uh, you know, top 200, uh, you know, I think all these things are really helping amplify your status within the industry. I think this has been, uh, uh you know, just fantastic, uh, transition over the years and you guys got some great leaders helping you do that. Right. We do for sure. Well, I know a couple of them, but you know, one in particular, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he's the, he's the kind of responsible for actually uh, having this, uh, this podcast uh, opportunity with you guys, Gary Kruger. I uh, worked with Gary over the years and uh, he's been, a, I'm sure, a great uh, uh, asset. I know he's been a great asset to uh, Cascade and 
But, uh, you know, what's it been like to work with great people like, you know, John uh, Kadri and, and uh, you know, Gary and Jim, McCombs. Jim McCombs. I'm going to give a shout out to Jim. Jim's an old uh, uh, co-worker of mine and a fantastic guy. You know, what's it been like working with those guys? You know, it, it does absolutely make getting up for work easy every day. And it makes it fun, which I think is such a huge huge aspect. If you're not having fun at your job, you're probably not in the right job. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I often, often joke in the environmental industry that we recycle employees just as much as we like to recycle waste. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Gary and I have worked together in a variety of capacities over the last 20 years. And, and Gary's really the one that introduced me to Cascade and brought me on board. And so thank you for that, Gary. And I do consider him a true friend and a mentor. Um, I call him up often, you know, just to, to bounce ideas off of him or, you know, to vent some frustrations. And he's always there with encouraging words and, and quick to respond. Um, so just a true professional. Good voice of reason there for you. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I consider myself so blessed to be constantly surrounded by smart, innovative people, like people that you've mentioned, John and Jim and Gary are so generous in sharing of their knowledge of the industry, of their business experience and running an organization and always inspiring, you know, creativity and allow me to, you know, ex offer new ideas and, and pitch recommendations and um, just, uh, and, and they contribute to the sustainability program as well. You know, Gary is part of our sustainability council and John as well. Um, so they're an integral part of, of driving that across the entire organization. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you know, I wanted to touch on, you know, you're a fantastic example of a woman that, you know, advancing a career in an in, in environmental business. And so talk a little bit about Cascade's, you know, a, you know, interest and ability of addressing diversity in the workforce, because most people, if they don't know, drilling industry is mostly by men usually, but how's that happening? And what, what are you guys doing in that aspect of your workforce? Yeah, um, great point. And, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion is definitely top of mind on the social conscience right now. Um, our Compass program, you know, tackles it head on. Our executive and senior management understand the benefits of a diverse, you know, diverse workforce mm -hmm. and have done a lot to help us recruit and promote diversity across all of our job categories. Um, so, you know, not only are we dealing uh, with this male dominated industry, but we also have a shortage of skilled and semi skilled labor, especially at that entry level. Uh -huh. So we found success driving uh, recruitment and retention efforts through our employee referral program. So, you know, it's, it's who's a better testament of why someone should join the organization than an existing employee. Sure. Uh, so definitely that's been very successful to, um, for us. And we've developed some uh, best practices for recruiting veterans across the nation. Uh, oh, the yeah. environmental industry is really a um, natural transition for a lot of veterans into civilian work. So we've oh, partnered yeah. with uh, Recruit Military to help us identify uh, veterans who are, are ready to make that leap. And a shout out to our director of talent acquisition, uh, Jessica Alexander is a veteran herself. So she oh. really understands uh, the benefits of, of bringing veterans into the organization. 
That's fantastic. I, I've had huge success with uh, veterans and, you know, people that's been in the military coming to work for uh, the consulting business. Uh, they get it. They're task oriented. You know, they, they know how work to, ethic. Yeah, they understand, you know, the, you know, leadership and, and just all those skills are just so fantastic to, to bring onto your team and they get it and they can be leaders. So it's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. any, any veterans out there listening, please contact us. We'd love to, love to talk to you. <laughs> Go online, cascadeenviro.com and you can apply, I'm sure, and find a Absolutely. A Slash so, careers. Yep. That's, there you go. Absolutely. So what's your normal work day look like, Sue? I mean, what's, what's going on? Anything special projects you're working on? Uh, yeah. So this is my favorite time of the year. So come September, we start thinking about planning, uh, marketing strategy for the upcoming year. So I'm, uh, working with my team. We usually get together, uh, for a couple days in person, but with COVID, we're not, not able to do that. So we have a, a series of planning meetings where, we're taking a look at uh, what we've done so far this year, taking a look at our pivot plan um, and kind of adjusting things for the last half of the year and thinking about strategy for next year. So mm -hmm. busy doing that. And then Sustainability Council, uh, we are actually meeting next week to kick off our stakeholder engagement campaign. Uh, every three years, we, we do a, a pretty massive campaign and so, you know, we talked about um, reaching out to your stakeholders and materiality assessment. So this is one way uh, that we open those lines of communication to find out what folks are interested in, what they're worried about, what they expect of Cascade. Um, so I encourage any listeners out there, if you're familiar with Cascade, um, after September 1st, jump on our website or any of our social channels. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Twitter and jump into that engagement survey. We, we'd love to hear from you. Oh, that's good. Well, I mean, this, this podcast is going to be pretty timely too for you then. You can get this out there as a, as a you know, media, social media piece that you can get people to listen to. And yeah, I mean, that'd be great. Absolutely. Well, you know, the, the podcast is called the Environmental Transformation Podcast. And I, I kind of think that, you know, we're one of the industry specific podcasts that uh, are shining a light on leaders like you, Sue. So give us a little bit of, you know, an idea. What are you doing to transform the industry in, with your approach of sustainability and marketing for Cascade? Well, I think just having the Compass uh, Sustainability Program says it all. We're one of the very few contractors in our space that have a comprehensive sustainability program. Um, so it talked a lot about how we focus on, on running our own business, but more importantly, we wanna help leverage our services and our technologies to help clients achieve their goals. Mm -hmm. um, so a couple uh, examples, you know, sonic drilling, for example, generates about 80% less waste in the drilling activity than conventional methods like auger or rotary. So um, producing less waste uh, means less transportation, less disposal, definitely a, a lower impact way to go. Sure, absolutely. We've oh. got uh, high resolution site characterization, right? So um, the role that would play um, for clients out there in the field, uh, you're getting uh, 
incredibly accurate and reliable in situ data. And that allows uh, consultants to build a conceptual site model. So they're actually mapping out the contamination zones and they're identifying the specific contaminants. Um, and then that gets continually refined as you move through the project. So you can um, use the right technology in the right spot uh, to uh, remediate the site. Um, sometimes that's taking something that's a little more expensive, like thermal remediation, where you can treat uh, a recalcitrant compound, you know, so something that's really stubborn and hard to remove. Mm -hmm. uh, you can treat that with thermal. And then the rest of the area, you can use something like uh, biological or chemical injection uh, and get better results faster and less expensive. Uh, mitigating those risks, taking care of those contaminants. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. In-situ in remediation in general just eliminates that need for off-site transportation and disposal. And yeah, absolutely. Because there's a huge cost there. And I know yeah. our listeners know that. And uh, so that's that's great. Well, you know, I think uh, just watching the, the evolution and the growth of Cascade over the years has been just, you know, fun to watch. Uh, knowing the people that are there has just been great. And I've worked with a lot of you guys over the years. Um, so, you know, I guess uh, kind of fun facts kind of time, you know, what type yeah. of hobbies, what type of hobbies do you have outside of work? <laughs> what? what, what, outside of work? <laughs> yeah, you know, I know work's not all of what you do. <laughs> no, not at all. You know, I really enjoy volunteer work. Um, I have three young sons. Um, I help coach youth sports. Okay. So uh, we're just getting into volleyball season um, uh -huh. and I help out with my son's basketball uh, team in the winter. Uh -huh. um, I sit on uh, the city, my city, city of Perrysburg. Uh, we have a litter prevention and recycling board. So that's a great opportunity to get involved uh, with the local community. And then um, at church, I lead a group of catechists uh, and we deliver children's liturgy of the word every week to uh, the oh. youngest members of the church. So that's always fun interacting that's with great. them. That's great. Give them some spiritual food. I like that. Yes. yes. That's awesome. Well, you know, how, you know, how can the listeners get a hold of you, Sue, if they want to learn more about uh, Cascade or have some questions about your sustainability program or any marketing uh, activities you guys are doing? How, how do we get a hold of you? Oh my gosh, I would love it. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can find me, Sue Bruning. Um, shoot me an email, sbruning at cascade-emv.com. Um, would love to talk about you know, sustainability, marketing, professional development, women's leadership, working moms, you name it. <laughs> Happy to connect. It, it's so That's important awesome. to build that, that network. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is great. And love to see you in the role you're there uh, at Cascade. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting up with you here in the near future. And uh, just thanks for coming on to the show today, Sue. It's been a fantastic, you know, interview. Um, I'll post up your contact information on my website as well. So people can, you know, follow you guys and get a hold of you and uh, you know, shout out to everybody in the Cascade, uh, you know, nation and uh, look forward to catching up with you guys later. Oh my gosh. It's been so much fun. Thank you, Sean. I want to thank our guest, Sue Bruning, for coming on to the show today. If you have questions about Cascade Environmental and their services or their sustainability initiatives, please feel free to contact Sue via email at 
S. Bruning, and that's S-B-R-U-N-I-N-G at cascade-env.com. Or visit their website at www.cascade-env.com. We'll also put a link to her contact information on my website. To listen to future environmental transformation podcasts, you can check us out on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast networks, or from my website at www.johnkgrady.com. Remember, don't forget to subscribe, and thanks for listening. And until next time, make a positive impact in someone's life today.